You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So we have been going through a, through a series that I titled Influence, and I think it's important because all of us are being influenced somehow. You think about it, you're influenced in how you, how you dress, you're influenced in how you, you know, hair products that you buy. People spend a lot of money to influence you. Uh, for the last couple weeks, they have spent a lot of money to uh, each uh, a convention to influence the American people in how to vote. And so you've seen all of the things, and, and they're spending a lot of money to, to make commercials so that you'll vote a certain way or a certain party. And so all of us are being influenced in one manner or another. So I started the series, I believe it's providentially, so that God can show us how we should be influenced. And I kicked it off by talking about how peer pressure can uh, influence us a lot of times in a negative way when it's negative peer pressure, but then there's positive peer pressure. People can come around us like in a small group uh, that we have at Living Word Chapel, and, and they can help you make choices that are, that are honorable and bring glory to God. And then I talked to him about the importance of a mentor last week, if you remember. And so if you weren't here, I would uh, suggest to listen to the podcast because it helps to, for us to understand how important people are in our life, and, and, and mentoring is very important. But I want to end the series with the fact and the reality that the greatest influence in our lives is God. I mean, I can be influenced by peer pressure, and and uh, and that's one thing. And I can be have a godly mentor. But what I've noticed about mentors is that they're people, and they fall short. Myself being included, I could be a mentor. If anyone puts their eyes on me, you're looking. You're looking to get yourself set up for a failure because I'm just a person. But God is not. And so God is our greatest influence that we could have. And and when I talk about being influenced, I want to talk about having a, a, a life that is led by the Holy Spirit. So our influence or a God influenced life is one that is led by the Holy Spirit. And the reason that the Holy Spirit has a wonderful way of leading us is because the Holy Spirit is God. God I, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. God has revealed to us in the Bible as the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Three persons, one God. And for me to explain that in a way that's very clearly and intellectual is just beyond our, our understanding because God is so big. But he's revealed that to us in Scripture. And so... It's important that we understand that we absolutely, positively need the Holy Spirit to guide our lives. And one of the biggest misjustices is that we don't talk about the Holy Spirit enough. We talk about Jesus, we talk about the Father, but we sometimes neglect the work of the Holy Spirit. And so as we grab a hold of how he desires to be a part of our lives, I think it'll help us to understand that we need him in our lives so that we can be empowered to overcome sin. You see, I know that we cannot overcome the things in our life that are negative without the power of God. So the Holy Spirit is the power of God. 
that we need. And, and uh, the greatest influence that we can have in our lives is God. And so I want to talk about that. We're going to go to uh, a passage of scripture in, uh, in yeah, Galatians. We're going to look at chapter uh, 5. And I'm going to start out, and the foundational text will be verse 16. I want, to, I want to look at that and then build upon it during this message so that we can understand how important that is to our lives. So let me pray over the, the message, and then we'll go into the word. Father, thank you for every person here. Thank you, Lord God, that, that you've drawn us uh, into this place of worship, this worship center. And, and uh, just pray your blessing over every ear and every heart that's that's, uh, that's here strategically placed by you. And uh, I pray for the people that are in the live feed cafe. I pray a blessing over them as well. And people that are listening on the podcast, I pray that your, your, your uh, anointing will be on their hearts and on their, on their ears. Let them hear with, with hearts that are receptive to you. And, and ultimately, Lord God, that everything that is said in this message will bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ and that we will grab a hold of how important it is to have the Holy Spirit directing every facet of our lives. And uh, we pray this in, in, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And everyone said, amen. amen. So that verse 16 goes like this. It says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. I'm going to say it again. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Just one more time in case you didn't hear me. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. And then it goes on and it says, then, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. You let the Holy Spirit guide your life, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Let's think about the word craves. Anyone ever craved ice cream late at night? You'll do anything to get some ice cream, right? You will, you, and if, you know, those of us that had pregnant wives, when they craved ice cream, what did we do? We went to the store and we got ice cream. They were craving it. If you crave pizza, you're just craving it. How many of you have craved a green, uh, craved a green chili burro? Right? You just, man, in Spanish, say, they say, Antojado, estás antojado. You want it real bad, right? You're craving it. And so, so when you crave something, it just, it just really draws you. It makes you want it more and more and more. You know, it, how many of you, just thinking about chocolate, how many of you like chocolate candies? You ever bought your wife a box of chocolate? And you notice that you pick out the chocolate that you like? And so, you know, you give your wife this box of chocolate, and have you noticed that she, wives and ladies, are, they're, they're, they're different creatures. Because, you know, women, they can get a, piece of, a bite of a piece of chocolate, and they're satisfied. They can eat a, one piece of chocolate, and they're satisfied, and a, some can, not, not everyone can. And they put it away. They have their, 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 their spot where they put their box in. Most of us men know where that spot is, right? <laughs> and we go and we get one piece. And before you know it, you walk away. And you're, all you're doing is thinking about how good it was. Especially if you get that piece of chocolate with the pecans in it and a caramel. And you're like, hijuela, no, that was fantastic. <laughs> you know, your, your taste buds are just going like, woohoo, cumbia. <laughs> And so you're craving it more and more, and that's, that's what your sinful nature, it craves 
to do things that are not of God. And so the only way that you're going to overcome it is through the power of, of the Lord. And I want to look at two, two uh, vital truths that we find in, in, in not only this, this verse, but in the passage itself that will help us to lead a life that will be influenced by the Holy Spirit. That we'll lead a life that we're filled with the Holy Spirit and he'll guide us and direct us in everything we do. So here's the first vital truth. The Holy Spirit-filled life will help us to recognize the negative influence of the flesh. I think it's very important for us to realize that we have the potential to do some pretty amazing things. And we also have the potential to do some pretty rotten things. And I think most of us, when we come to church, we find out that the rotten things outnumber the amazing things. And so we need, an, we need an answer to our dilemma. And the answer to our dilemma is Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ came to die for all the rotten things that we do. And on that cross, he said, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. And then he also said, and it is finished. I filled, I fulfilled everything that needs to be fulfilled. I paid the price, and now they're justified. Now they're made righteous. I've imputed my righteousness into them, right? But what we also find out, what we also find out is that even in that, our sinful nature, our old nature wants to do the things that we used to do. And what we also find out that is very important is that we didn't even understand that what we were doing was wrong until we come to Jesus. You were just living out your natural existence and the natural man. And then you come to Christ and the things that you're doing, you're like, hmm, it feels different. I don't think I should be doing that. It doesn't bring honor to God. So he begins to progressively move us out of that life and make us more like Jesus. So the flesh, this is important, the flesh is a part of us that chooses to live independent of God. It's also called the natural man. It says, I can do it my way because my way is a great way. And if we're doing anything our way without God being at the center, you'll find out that it's leading you down a course of disaster. Anyone ever been there? So the Bible helps us to understand that our old, old sinful nature will try to influence, influence us in this way. Okay, it goes like this, verse 19. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. And that's, that's important because we want clarity in our life. Amen? How many of you want clarity? Just, just give me some feedback. How many of you want clarity? You want, you want to know what's right. You want to know what God thinks. It says, it says right here, you'll have clarity. Okay, it'll be clear. Okay, it says, uh, se number one, sexual immorality. Now, sexual immorality comes from the root word porneo. It's where we get the word pornography. Sexual immorality is, is, is simple. It's, it's, it's having sex outside of God's design. And because our sinful nature is sinful, we do things that don't honor God. And uh, uh, for example, when you have sex outside of marriage, it, it doesn't honor God because God wants you to honor your spouse. He wants for you guys to have a covenant relationship. And, and, and also uh, in, in sexual immorality, it, it talks about uh, uh, when you have 
an adulterous affair, when you're married in a covenant relationship and you have a, a relationship with someone else, then you're dishonoring your marriage, but you're dishonoring God. So that's sexual immorality. Then it goes on to impurity. And impurity is also sexual sin, but it's when you go into a very distorted sexual, uh, sexual condition or sexual appetite. And some categories that fall into that are like bestiality, when people have sex with animals. And that happens because they get distorted in their sexuality. When people have, I got to say this because it's biblical, when people have a same-sex sexual relationship, it dishonors God because God ordained for, for our sexuality to be between a man and a woman. So, so that comes in, in, in uh, uh, impurity. And then it goes on and it goes on and on, uh, but it also goes to lustful pleasures, it says there. And lustful pleasures is when you are not satisfied with your, with your marriage partner and you begun, begin to do things to take you down a road that doesn't honor God and doesn't honor your partner. And so lustful pleasures. And the, it's important to understand that we will never satisfy the lust of the flesh. But in the spirit of God, we will be able to satisfy our love for one another through sexual intimacy. You see the difference? Someone say Amen. And then it goes on to idolatry, okay? Idolatry is whenever you put anything before God. You can put your spouse before God. You can put your car before God. You can put a money before God, a job before God, and you worship that. You ever heard? You'll know what people worship by what they talk about the most, right? Whatever people talk about the most is what they worship. So idolatry is, is, is in that category. Now, sorcery is the word... In, in, in Greek, the original word is pharmakeia. It's where we get the word pharmacy. So pharmakeia is when you get distorted in your thinking and you get disillusioned with the things that are accurate with God. Have you noticed that when you have a drug addiction, that you're disillusioned in how you worship? That drug has you. You crave it all the time. Think about the craving of, of drugs. Hostility. Hostility is when you're hostile toward things and you're always mad and you're hostile. Quarreling, when you fight all the time, that's a work of the flesh. When, when you have a relationship and you're always fighting, you're always quarreling, that is a work of the flesh. That's not from God. Jealousy, if you're, if you're, if you're jealous, you're really insecure. And, and when, someone, you're, when your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend talks to someone else, you're like, why were you talking to her? Jealousy, that's not walking in the spirit, that's walking in the flesh. And relationships are broken when people are jealous right? Jealousy. Uh, outburst of anger when you just, you can be happy and then you just get mad right away. And, and some people will say you, a condition like, well, they're bipolar or things like that. Well, uh, possibly, but a lot of times it's just you're walking in the flesh. It's an outburst of anger. You can be happy. You can be going, having a good day. And before you know, ah! <laughs> what in the world happened to him? Right? They're having a good day. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> outburst of anger. That's a work of the flesh. Everyone together. Huh? Ah! One more time. Ah! For you on the recording, you'd love, if you were, if you were here, you would love to do that. Um, so, yeah, outburst of anger. Selfish ambition when everything's about you. You just, everything has to be about me. Dissension. Dissension is when you're in a crowd of people. Maybe you work in an office or you're a part of a team and, 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 and the flesh works in you and you bring, uh, you, you bring trouble. 
You bring trouble, and instead of bringing unity, you bring trouble, and that's your, your defense, uh, that's dissension. Division is like it. You, wherever, wherever we go in the flesh, we divide people, and that doesn't honor God. Envy, if, 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 if you get mad when people are succeeding, say, Mike got his degree, and, and, uh, and you know, or got a new car, and I'm like, if, uh, uh, I should have that. I want that. I, uh, I hate you for getting that. I love you, by the way. Uh, envy, right? Um, and then it goes on to uh, drunkenness. So the Bible doesn't say that you can't drink. But the Bible is very explicit that you should not be getting drunk because in drunkenness, you live a life of stupor. Where that's where we get the word of stupid, right? Uh, you make decisions that don't honor, not only, they don't honor yourself, they don't honor God. And so drunkenness is a work of the flesh. Wild parties, uh, you know, wild parties that, that people are, are doing things. And if you think about it, a lot of times in drunkenness and parties and, and all these things, uh, you begin to make really bad choices in, in surrounding with people. So you have a gathering, and instead of it honoring God, you're dishonoring God because affairs start to happen and things like that. Those are the things that happen at wild parties. And other sins like these. Now, I love what it says there. It's telling us that this is a foundation, but with sin, it grows. It's like bacteria. It, it doesn't just stay there. It begins to grow and, and become more... So. And other sins like these, let me tell you again, he says, as I've told you before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that's important because it says anyone that you're living in this on a daily basis, you continue to live this way, then, then you're not honoring God. But it, but it helps us to understand that if you, if you fall short in one of these places, that doesn't mean you're living there. That just means you made a mistake. Amen? Because most of us, we have, dealt, we have uh, struggled with one of these. Right? If, 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 if I was to go through this list and say when I first got saved, uh, when I came to the Lord and I was to look at this list and they would go, sexual immorality, I would have to go, check. Impurity. Check. Lustful pleasures. Check. Idolatry. Check. Quarreling. Check. Outburst of anger. Check. Selfish ambition. Checkmate. Envy. Checkaruski. Drunkenness. Ay, 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 check. Wild parties. Checkaruski again, right? Most of us have been here in one way or another, but God, who is rich in his mercy and grace, found us here, loved us here, welcomed us here, and is progressively moving us out of here. So I don't want for anyone to have any condemnation thinking, oh, I'm bound to hell. But just the fact that you are here wanting to hear the message of the living God tells me that God is drawing you and loving on you, and you're receiving that. You're receiving that. When we live in the flesh or our old sinful nature, we get influenced to live a life that looks completely different than the life that Jesus attained for us. When I was living in that, it was completely different than the life that Jesus had attained for me on the cross. But he loved me. And he loves you. 
I have a good friend. His name is Lorenzo Elba. And Lorenzo Elba, he got uh, hooked on, on crystal, uh, uh, crystal meth. And he, we grew up together and, and went to school together. We played football together. And Lorenzo was, you know, he really wasn't a party animal. He, more, he was more like of a, uh, a student. He, he, he was very much into his, into his classes. And uh, I did all the partying for him. So he didn't have to worry about that. And, and so he ended up graduating from Lordsburg. He went to the University of New Mexico. He became a Lobo. And there, he, through the influence of people, he began to, to party quite a bit. And then he began to, to do drugs, and he ended up getting uh, hooked on, on methamphetamines. And in that, he was so lost. This is, this is an amazing story. He was so lost, so messed up, that his dealer, his drug dealer came to him one day after he called him. I said, I need drugs now. I need to come to, my, come to my apartment. And the dealer looked at him and said, dude, you need to get off of these drugs or you're going to die. And that was his first step to recovery. And so he went into rehab and God began to work on his life. And, and he says this, and I called him this week. I said, Lentro, I'm going to be using your, your, uh, your, your statement, bro, that you told me a long time ago. Because now Lorenzo is the director of a nonprofit where they fed 30,000 people last year in Las Cruces, New Mexico. And Lorenzo said this. He said, rehab sobered me up, but Jesus cleaned me up. You see, we can have the influence of a rehab, we can have the influence of Celebrate Recovery or Freedom in Christ, but the reality is Jesus Christ, and it's the power of the Holy Spirit that goes deep down into our hearts and our souls, and he begins to clean us from that life. Can I tell you something that's very important, beloved? Every one of, every one of the works of the flesh is our enemy. Sexual immorality, your enemy. Impurity in, in your sex, your enemy. A life that's filled with lust is your enemy. When you live your life in the flesh sexually, it will influence every part of your life. Been there, done that, and I thank the Lord Jesus Christ for setting me free. I thank the power of the Holy Spirit for enabling me to be free. And we need to hold on to that. Living your life, um, uh, placing other things before God will destroy your life. It's your enemy. If you put anything before God, if anything that you put before God, whether that's your spouse, your money, your job, or anything, that is your enemy because God should be first. Living a life of drugs. Think about sorcery. Think about how pharmacia, when people are addicted to drugs, they can't think about anything until their next, uh, they can't think about anything except their next fix. Where does that put God? It'll influence your whole life. If you live your life angry and hostile, it'll influence every decision you make. If you live your life drunkenness, partying, without self-control, it'll influence everything that you do. In fact, a lot of times in my life, when I lived here, I said, I made some, I, I would say, man, I was under the influence. That's why I made those choices. 
right? I love the way that Alice Cooper, the great uh, legend of heavy metal, put it, who's, who's a believer now. He said, it doesn't matter how many drugs I take, I'm not fulfilled. This isn't satisfying. There's a spiritual hunger going on. Everybody feels it. If you don't feel it now, you will. Trust me, you will. You see, Ellis Cooper found in his life that it doesn't matter how many drugs he did, it never satisfied him. And the works in the flesh will never satisfy us, whether it's, whether it's uh, sexual immorality, whether it's drugs, whether it's anger, trying to manipulate your way. It will never satisfy you. The only thing that will satisfy you is God. The greatest influence that you can have, beloved, is the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said the thief has a purpose, and his purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. And he said, I have a purpose, and my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. You see, the devil had a purpose in my life when I didn't know Jesus And his purpose was to destroy me as an individual, destroy my marriage, destroy my children. But God had a purpose through Jesus Christ to give me a rich, satisfying life that brings glory to him. And he didn't leave me. He gave me the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit dwells in me and dwells in you if you you trust in Jesus so that you don't have to live a life of misery. How do you, let me say this, every single person in this building struggles with some part of the flesh. Every person in here, someone's either struggling with some kind of sexual immorality, or you're struggling with an anger issue, or you're struggling with drunkenness, there's a struggle. You, you just, you can't think, you, you, you don't think you can function if you don't get that next uh, fix with, sex, with uh, sex that doesn't honor God. You don't think that you can function unless you, you, you get mad at someone and you manipulate your way. You, you don't think you can function unless you... you, uh, you uh, um, uh, all of these different things. <laughs> a lot of them. And I know that, that that's very real because the Bible tells us in Romans 7, it says, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it. Anyone been there? And I know, I know that I know that I know that God didn't come to die for our sins so that we would stay in that existence. He came so that we could have the power to overcome. Amen? The beautiful thing about the person of the Holy Spirit is he will identify the strongholds of our flesh as well as the habits of our sinful nature, but he identifies them and he deals with them through grace. Something that we are incapable of doing. I'll never forget this. It was a, a year or two into my walk with Jesus. I had just started walking with Jesus, and, and we were here, and there was a guest speaker. And the guest speaker was, was talking to us, and he said, I really sense, I really sense that God is going to deliver someone from this habit. And it just happened that that habit, my wife had that habit. And so he said, I know, I just sense that the Lord's going to deliver, the Holy Spirit's going to deliver someone from this habit. And I went... And she was like, and then she looked at me and she said, you're not the Holy 
Spirit. I said, you're right. I'm not, sorry. My bad. And so God did deliver her. Not that day. God delivered her. I had more junk than I could even think of. And I'm here I am going... What we find out is that the Holy Spirit will always deal with a person with grace. But he'll deal with us. Amen? He'll identify what's that stronghold that's trying to bring us down. And then he'll lovingly begin to pull us out of that. So here's your action step, okay? Quit trying to play the role of the Holy Spirit in the lives of people around you. We do that with our spouses. We do that with our kids. We do that with our friends. Jesus told his disciples, he said, when the Holy Spirit, when he, the the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. Isn't that awesome? All the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. He's talking to his disciples. He's saying, everything you're going to need to know, the Holy Spirit's going to give you. But that's the same for us. Everything that we need in our life, the Holy Spirit will give us. Here's the second vital truth. The Holy Spirit-filled life will always influence us with God's potential. What I mean by that is God's potential for our life is limitless. 22 and a half years ago, I I, I began to add, in 1994 I got saved. 22 and a half years ago, when God came into my life, I was a mess, but God had a God-given potential for me. And progressively, he's moved me to where I'm at right now. But he's not done. Same thing for you. Where God, where God found you, he's not going to leave you. He's got a God-given potential for every person. He's, he's given you the Holy Spirit, and he's planted a seed that's going to grow. Think about an apple seed. Each seed has the potential to make fruit. And each seed has a potential to make a lot of fruit. And when that fruit is produced, it has great influence. People look at apples and they say, man, they're luscious. I love to eat them. Little children, they, they, they look at apples. My, I have an apple tree. And that's why I chose an apple. And... That apple tree is filled with fruit. It's filled with apples. And my grandson, he knows that those apples belong to Stephen. And so when he comes, he says, Gampa, 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 Gampa. I said, what, Stephen? Apple. What do you want, buddy? Apple. And so we go outside and we get an apple. And he he loves that apple. Now, these apples... He can eat them. I, I, I always peel them for him, and he eats his apple, and he walks around saying, and he doesn't say this verbally yet, but he's humming it. Grandpa's great. Gave me the apple. Right? I got to say that. But not only is that apple wonderful, but it has great potential. Because it's not, it's not, only, it's not only just good to eat, but it's multifaceted. It's multidimensional. In other words, with that apple, you can make a wonderful apple pie. 
with that apple. You can make wonderful apple salad. Or you can make some wonderful apple pancakes. I'll take any of those three any day, right? And so it tells us that, 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 that apples have a lot of potential, but God has given every person great potential. And it's a sad day in heaven when people around us are happier to see an apple than they are happier to see us. Because you were made in God's image. And God has poured his spirit into you. And because God has poured his spirit into you, you have wonderful potential to make an impact in people's lives. But let me tell you something, beloved. The flesh, your old sinful nature, wants to stifle everything that God wants for, for us. See, your sexuality should be wonderful in marriage. Your anger should be wonderful when you're angry at sin and you're angry at things that are hurting other people and you do something about it through the glory of God. You shouldn't divide people. We should unite people. Amen? So all of these things are trying to get us, but you are an apple in God's eye. You are a blessing in the kingdom. And God has a wonderful plan for your life. But what are we going to do with it? Are we going to lead a life in the flesh or are we going to lead a life in the spirit? If you lead a life in the spirit, God will overcome. Jesus told his disciples, he said this, if you love me, show me by doing what I've told you. And he's saying this because he influenced them, right? He's saying, now that I've influenced you, I want you to begin to influence others. He said, I will talk to the Father, and he'll provide you another friend so that you will always have someone with you. The friend is a spirit of truth. That's the Holy Spirit. The the godless world can't take him in because it doesn't have eyes to see him, doesn't know what to look for. But you know him already because he has been staying with you, and he will even be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. Can I tell you there's a promise that's been given to every believer that we're not alone. It's so funny because today I told the the pastors in our prayer before we come out, we pray for everybody in the church, for all that God's going to do. And as we we prayed and we talked, I said, Lord, uh, I, I pray we preach a great message because I'm not alone. The Holy Spirit's with me. You're not alone. See, you don't even have to bear fruit on your own. You can't. But God can. God can produce in us what we could never do alone. Are you angry with people? That's because you're doing it in your own strength. Are you hostile? Are you, are you, can you not kick drunkenness? Can I tell you? That's because you haven't let God become everything in your life that he needs to be. We need the Holy Spirit. You know, it's funny because the Bible says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son, the love of God, the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. What would happen in your life if you embraced the influence of God's Spirit? What if you woke up every morning and you said, come Holy Spirit? Come, Holy Spirit, bring glory to Jesus in your power. You see, 
we go to church and we, we hear about Jesus and we hear that he saved us from our sin and we're, we, we need him, we need the blood to cover us. We see that he rose from the dead, but when do we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit? That he dwells in every single believer. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit produces, produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love. Not lust. Love. Joy. Peace. Can I tell you something? And I, and I speak this with all of my heart. I would not sell the peace that I have. I would not forfeit the peace that I have for a million bucks. If someone gave me a million dollars that was going to be full of, uh, full of, um, of um, stress, I would, I would not take that. It probably would be because if someone gave me a million bucks, I'd get a lot of friends. I'd have a lot of cousins. I already do. But they'd come from everywhere. Hey, bro. Hey, primo. Primo. Right? But I won't forfeit the peace that comes from God for nothing. Holy Spirit. Patience. This is what the Holy Spirit does. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He says, there's no law against these things. In other words, you don't, need the, you don't need to follow a rule, a commandment, a regulation. When the Holy Spirit dwells in you, you're going to walk in the love of God. I have, I have people that come to me. We have people in the church, and, and this happens because the enemy wants us to live in the flesh. I have people that come, that mother and daughter, they're in strife, and, and they, they're always saying, no, she did this, she did this, she did this. What they need is the power of the Holy Spirit to love one another. We can't do it without him. He says, there's no law against these things. You don't need all these rules. You just need to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's your action step. And I love it because the Lord gave me this and it's good. It's really good. Here's the action step. I challenge you to wake up every morning realizing that God has filled you with the Holy Spirit so that you could, look at this, love yourself and others God's way. Every morning, think about it. I can love myself. How important is it for us to love us? Yes, you can't love other people if you don't love yourself. Love yourself and others God's way. Someone needs to hear this. God loves you, but he wants you to love yourself too. Say that to yourself right now. I love me. Because I'm a beauty. Yes, 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 okay. <laughs> Second thing, experience life's craziness with God's peace. How many of you have crazy things go on? I, we were moving some stuff yesterday, and, and then something happened. I was like, oh, yeah, why did that happen right now? We need the peace of God. Approach life's uncertainties with God's patience. How many of you know you can have a perfectly good day going half a day, and then at 1 o'clock something happens, you're like, man. There's going to be uncertainties in life. Engage difficult people with God's kindness. Return evil with God's goodness. Establish relationships with God's faithfulness. You know what we need more of? We need more faithful people. 
Not people that are going to abandon us. And they will not be able to be faithful without the Holy Spirit. Impact harsh people through God's gentleness. Overcome habits through God's self-control. That's the seed that God planted in your heart through the Holy Spirit. And now as I close, that's the fruit that the world needs to indulge in. The message paraphrase puts it like this as I begin to close. It says, but what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. How many of you desire to live a life filled with the Holy Spirit? Anybody in here? You desire to have the power of God to overcome all of the things that keep us down? God wants that for you too. Why don't we bow our heads? And I'm going to pray a prayer. And, and people that are in here that maybe you've never, you've never received the forgiveness of Jesus in your life. You've never said, God, I need you. I need to, to become your child. Today's the day for you to do so. I'm going to pray a prayer for you to be able to, to, uh, to welcome that, that new existence. And, and uh, it's simple. It's just, God, I am a sinner. And I need your forgiveness. I'm tired of trying to live my life in my own ability and in my own strength. I need your love and forgiveness. I choose to open my heart to Jesus today. I choose to open my life to the Holy Spirit. I confess that Jesus died for all my sins on the cross at Calvary. And I believe and declare that he rose from the dead on the third day. Today, I'm making him Lord and Savior of my life, and I will serve Jesus Christ in the fellowship of the church. In his name I pray, amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.